With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new episode of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm here with Alfred. What is up, Pete? Oh, lots of lots of things that we're going to talk about today, Alfred. You've just come back from Spain, am I right? I have been to Spain, to the city of Real Sociedad, San Sebastian, in Basque Country. Wonderful. We'll be uh, finding out your top players uh, a bit later on. We're also here with Matt. Hi, Pete. Have you been anywhere nice? Just in a pit of misery post Manchester City. Yes, and uh, on that note... Uh, we've got a few things that we're going to discuss today. We're going to talk about Arsene Wenger's absolutely maddening lineup. We're going to talk about the harsh decisions from the referees. We're going to talk about the contract rebels and uh, and their notable performances. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what this means for uh, fan sanity and Arsenal's season ahead. But before we get into that, Matt, take it away with the shirts. Thanks, Pete. We have got... An interesting shirt today. We've got number 31. And uh, the first player is a player who uh, came in for a bit of criticism last week. And a lot of me, myself and Alfred were defending him, which is our tank of a left back or left wing back, Kalasinak. And we said, is he a hero or is he a zero? And last week, uh, me and Alfred were really backing Kalasinak. Um, but it was a pretty object performance at the Etihad. And Maybe your prediction that he might be um, 
a bit of a Mustafi is coming uh, is coming home to roost. Uh, we've got uh, a history of getting very excited about defenders, and then by Christmas we cannot stand them. And maybe another topic for another conversation is whether that's the player or whether it's the management and the it's system. The manager. Oh, we've already got an answer. We don't need to wait till next. Don't week. even need to debate that. It's anyway, Venga. Kolasinac. The jury is definitely still out, but he's also had a promising start. Uh, next player we're going to talk about, the Jeff. I don't know why he became the Jeff. He's just maybe he should just be the absent one. He's like the the French uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas. I think we just like those double barrel names. Yeah, he's just well, anyway. He's done fuck all. Uh, Rio Miachi. Uh, Rio. We 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 had him last week and. In the course of seven days, we cannot think of one more interesting thing to say about him. Sol Campbell. Oh, oh thank that's, God. A, that's a good one. He Hold on. I he he was tw- 23, wasn't he? He, pl- he must have come and played in the Oh, when he returned for a little bit. Returned. Oh, that would have ah. been a good trivia question, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's, uh, we'll put well, that in we, the, the group trivia away. when we do it a bit later. When we do our Great player, though. Trivia. Even as a number 31. What would you give... For someone like Sol Campbell in the team right now. Oh, that'd be amazing. At the moment, we're much more a team full of people like the next guy, Justin Hoyt. Oh, Hoyt. Sort of, you know, Deacon. Uh, he had a brother, didn't he? Well, Gavin. Gavin oh, and Justin. That brings me on to the next. Uh, they shared a number as well. They shared a number. They shared uh, parents, probably shared a few <laughs> girlfriends. <laughs> Usual stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, so this player just in a, I mean, I've never heard of him, but I'm wondering if Alfred has, because he sounds Swedish, Sebastian Svard. What? I've never heard of that guy. No, me neither. Who's this fella? I don't know. We will... Who's that? He was a, like, a, was he mixed, mixed race, really tall guy, defender. I remember him vaguely. He looked, uh, yeah, I'm right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, look. Oh, he's, he's uh, Danish. He's Danish, though. Thirty-four years old now. Wow. He's, he's not someone who's made a particularly lasting impression. But if he's thirty-four, well, that's interesting because he was wearing this shirt number in the year two thousand, so seventeen years ago. So he had this shirt number when he was seventeen. I wonder if but he was an invincible, like did, one of those. Did not go on to have the career he probably hoped. Well, maybe he did. He got out of Arsenal. Uh, Stuart Taylor, highly promising goalkeeper, big guy. Used quite to drink handsome. in my local. Quite handsome. Yeah, used to see him down time and envy in Romford or the Harrow in uh, in Hornchurch. Yeah. Oh yeah, very nice fellow. Uh, Cashley Hole. <laughs> God. Oh, that was real nasty. That was real nasty, Pete. Uh, Matthew Rose, I believe he was a reserve team. Uh, maybe even a captain. Def ninety five, ninety six. Uh, nothing really to say. And then finally. Uh, Chris Kiwomia. Oh, do you remember George Graham signed Chris Kiwomia and he went on a mad Carson run, didn't he? Yeah, and Helder just a th- final throw of the dice. Will one day one of uh, Wenger's last signings be thought of in the same way? The last throw of the dice. Will Kalasinak be the new Chris Kiwomia? I hope so. I really, really, really hope so. Well, that was an interesting one. And uh, on that note. We will head into phase two of the pod. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my hands up and I'm going to say, look, before we played Manchester City, I had a little inkling that uh, Wenger might turn it on 
normally he'll do something before the Christmas period that will convince you that maybe there is hope. And then we go into the Christmas period and it all falls apart. And then we're all sad. Uh, so I kind of hoped that because uh, City were on such uh, an incredible run of form and they looked a little bit jittery at stages versus West Brom and Napoli, that we might have a way in and that we might get a draw or maybe sneak a win. You'd see Vingo with that big smirk and, and then we'd, we'd, we'd hit it hard. I was wrong. Um, so let's go through... Let's go, let's go through like the, the, the stages of, of where this all fell apart. Firstly, let's talk about the starting eleven. So uh, pre-game, uh, it looked like Wenger had had some sort of thought that maybe he'd look at how Manchester City had played and that he was going to change it up. Uh, everybody knows that Pep is the master of planning. If you continue to play the same lineup in the same way, he will have uh, a setup to dismantle you. Um, Wenger did opt to make some changes. Uh, Matt, what did you think of the changes? Talk us through the madness of Wenger here. Well, when I first saw the lineup, I thought he'd gone to a back four. Uh, and I thought Coquelin was going to sit in the middle um, and give us an extra man in midfield. Um, I thought it was quite a brave decision. And I think uh, the other thing was obviously having Monreal as a, as a centre half in a back four, which also looked pretty strange. But... I was thinking, you know, City's strikers are all short. He's proven himself to be pretty good in the air. Maybe it's actually not complete madness. But when the game started, Coquelin wasn't actually in the back. He wasn't in the middle. He was a centre-back, which was just a very strange situation just because I don't think he's ever played centre-back for us in a competitive game. And also... uh, you know, he just he just looked under pressure all the time, and his distribution from the back was just terrible. Um, so, it wasn't in hindsight. I don't think it was the craziest of moves, although it sounds pretty crazy. It just didn't quite work. But maybe it could have done on another day. But I think the the thing for me is Manchester City. Are, they're so good. They're, they I, I I hadn't watched them that closely this season, as, as closely as I did on Saturday um, or Sunday. And we're just, they're just at head and shoulders above any team. So I don't think anything we could really have done tactically would have made a huge amount of difference. Alfred, can you think of any logical reason why Wenger would opt to play Coquelin instead of Rob Holding, who only last year Wenger was... Um, well, he, had a, he had a strain. Oh, he did have a strain, did he? Okay, cool. All right. So outside of uh, outside of the strain, was was Coughlin the only option to play as centre back? What would you have done there, Alfred? I mean, no, he wasn't the the only option to play as centre back. I think it was just a really weird lineup. I think he wanted to have Coughlin on the pitch, and he didn't want to take either Chaka or Ramsey off because he thinks that they're that they're working together. So it was some sort of bizarre uh, you know thought he must have had about rather what players do I want to have on the pitch rather than how we're going to play it for me the the kind of like when I saw the lineup and I saw that Iwobi was going to be the the little extra magic from our side and no lack of set I I I knew we stood no chance it was a bizarre lineup and I thought we were going to get a much bigger spanking and I was quite pleased with 3-1 
Yeah, I think that Iwobi thing is such a good point because uh, he's just... I don't understand why he's getting the nod in the big games. Uh, he, like, he did a, put in a decent performance against Chelsea, but for me, he is completely out of his depth at the moment. And this is a guy who came into the team with a lot of promise and maybe can still be a good player for Arsenal. But if he's going to do that, he needs a run of games, needs to be played in the right position. He is coming in cold. He's got He's had no end product in his career as of yet. So to play him in a game against a slightly porous Manchester City defence when you know you feel like you're going to get a small, short, small number of chances and if you get one, you have to take it. You look at Lacazette, I think he scored. It wasn't even a big chance. It wasn't even classified as a big chance. He scored that. But can you imagine it won't be in that same situation? No, and I think there's some real oddities about the whole lineup. Uh, like, firstly, like going back uh, to the, the bizarre decision to play Coughlin in the centre of defence. I can understand the logic behind having El Nenny play as a centre back. He's he's tall, he's imposing, and he can play balls that like you know can break the lines. So I can understand that. And also, there would be a logical narrative like El Nenny played as a centre back through preseason. He plays there in the Europa League, like, so it would kind of have made sense. Then I thought, well. Maybe he didn't want to play on any because he's not particularly fast and going against the nimble front line. That wouldn't really work. But I don't, I don't see any through thread of why you'd play Coughlin as a centre-back. He's terrible on the ball. He's short. He makes rash decisions. He doesn't do very well under pressure. It's just like any way to include him. It just, it just, seemed, um, it just seemed really odd. And also, he has, he has quite a lot of options that he could have played in that central role. Right, uh, Kalasanak could probably play um, as a centre back. He could have put Koscielny at centre back, which would have been absolutely ideal. Then brought in Bellerin as uh, as as the right side uh, of those three. It just it, the, the, that that whole thing didn't make any sense, and it wasn't surprising in a good way. And I, I couldn't see where the advantage was coming. And then when we're and then when you're you're, you're talking uh, about Awobi. Um, again, like Arsenal.com and Wenger don't always align. Um, three days before, I won't be saying oh, the boss is, the boss has told me that I need to do more work on my game defensively. Now, when you're like, sure he does. He's a young player. I, I definitely think there's some talent in there, and he's going to develop as he gets older. But if if Wenger, you know, within the last week has been saying you need to work on your defensive game, um, surely that says. Don't play him in a massively important game against a team that many pundits are saying is the greatest premiership side of the last 20 years. I know that that's massively over the top before they've actually delivered something. But um, like form-wise, there's, there's not been a more spectacular setup. So I don't understand why you would throw him into, um, throw him into the fire in that way. And then the third uh, decision bucket of madness was... After uh, watching that horrific performance from Chamberlain against uh, Liverpool at the start of the season where he was trotting around playing like he just didn't give a fuck, why would you put Alexis Sanchez into that starting lineup? Like You, you know that his attitude has been terrible behind the scenes. You know he's giving next to nothing uh, like in those games, bar, bar playing for himself. And you, you've, you've had that whole situation already happen, so I don't... I don't understand what he was thinking there. And then to combine that with putting Ozil in there, 
just amazing. I mean, the, the 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 shot that's going around at the player cam after, where you've got Pep walking down the tunnel and the two players following him closest, uh, <laughs> Sanchez and Özil, absolutely says it all. But what I don't understand in all of this is like, where where's the logic? Like, where's the common sense? Well, there's never been any logic to what Arsene Wenger does, so I don't think we can look for logic. But I think, um, you know, he is a manager who always looks for the upside. And I think if you're looking at the upside with Sanchez, and it'd be good to see what Alfred thinks, but I think that he probably thought, the guy's in the shop window, he's got to put in a performance, and uh, if he plays really well, then it's going to make Pep want to come in for him even more in January and make that deal happen. Um, I just don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that he could have. That he was thinking that. I think Wenger thought there's no way Sanchez is going to go out there and put in a stinker because Wenger has this very uh, like high moral standing when it comes to how sports should be played. That you know you should show loyalty to the club that pays you, which is completely off key with how he's how his own squad reacted earlier on in the season. So. Um, I don't. I, I genuinely don't believe that Wenger is thinking about how best to sell him in that situation. I think he's thinking, "I've got him backed into a corner. There's no way that he's gonna he's gonna disappoint me here." Well, there's only one team backed into a corner now, and that's Arsenal because we need to get rid of those two players in January. So we could go into the details of the game a little bit further, but we lost. Uh, we kind of knew that we were going to lose. I don't think the, the bad decisions really had that much of an impact in the game. The only impact that they had. Uh, would be to give Wenger an excuse and a way out of the reality that Arsenal are just simply not good enough. The squad isn't balanced and the squad isn't committed to the cause. So it, it is what it is. Uh, Wenger is losing uh, the will of the fans at a rapid rate at the moment. Guys, what, what can Arsene do between now and January to get the fans back on side, to get some excitement back, uh, down at the Emirates and to, to maybe surprise a few people what we thinking one of the things that I thought was like the most interesting sort of like snippet or, or tidbit that I read from the weekend was that from that time when we beat City at the Etihad in 2015 I think that was actually when both of you and I had pretty much just moved here and we, we watched that game together at a, at a pub up by Penn Station anyways <clears throat> since that game <clears throat> Ten of the people who started in that game for Arsenal are still here, and only four people who started for City are still here. Uh, and there, there's something remarkable, kind of in in that that City is, is a completely new team. We talk about, you know, we we dream about those games when when we really performed, and that was kind of like I remember feeling like maybe we have another one in us, and. City is like a completely different team. They transformed because of that loss. And they said, we need to do some radical changes. And the only thing that I can see being radical from, from our point of view, because we're not really going to sign anything interesting, is going to have to be to, bring, to Project Youth 2.0 or 3.0 or wherever we are now and start playing kind of Eddie and, and Reese Nelson. Like, why don't you make a serious bet on Reese Nelson? Because that could save... That could really save a lot of face for Arsenal if Reese Nelson goes on and, and, and scores like ten goals and he gets some like super, um, you know, like valuation that someone says is worth fifty or sixty or whatever. That could really like bring back some, some something interesting to the team because right now, see Iwobi start is, I mean, it, it is so so painful. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Alfred. I, I mean, I said to someone this week, this is the most depressing time uh, of my Arsenal supporting career. It's not the worst team by any stretch of the imagination, but it's the most depressing because we're just in a very slow, inexorable decline and there is no plan. There is zero plan. Our two so-called best players, who couldn't give two fucks, um, are going to be gone soon and we're not planning for a future without them. We're putting our fingers in our ears and pretending it's not happening and the shit is going to hit the fan next summer. So I think we do have to just, you know, I think we would all rather, this is all so predictable, we would all rather be 10th or 12th in the league, but bedding in some youngsters, having a clear plan, have Arsene Wenger say, listen, I'm going to shred half the team, We're going to put, they're going to be gone, we're going to build the team around this core, and, um, and we're going to try something different, because right now it's just, it's, it's just really, really depressing, and we know that we've got some talented young players, how good they are, we don't know. Um, Reese Nelson seems something stand out. But we've got, you know, Maitland Niles, uh, Willock. Um, you know, these players look decent. So it's just something to get the fans back on side because it's 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 all so horribly predictable. We were saying, oh, what happens if we lose to Spurs? We're not going to lose to Spurs. We're going to draw against Spurs because. It's just what happens. We know what's going to happen. We'll find a way not to lose because the situation is always bad, but it's never untenable with Arsene Wenger. Absolutely, think, yeah. I think what you know what we would need to get a five-nil drubbing at the Emirates. Maybe that would get. Maybe that would really put the pressure on. But even that, it's not. Nothing's going to get rid of Arsene Wenger. The players that he's got at the moment are too good to really go down. Yeah. In flames, and he's still like, regardless of the the criticism, he's still competent to a certain degree. He's just not elite anymore. Yeah. But I think the um, I think the idea of uh, having having a bit of a mini clear out of of the dross and seeing where the youth goes, I think the fans would get behind that. And I think the it, if Wenger had been honest during um, during some of the lean years and just said, look, we're, we're not going to spend any money for a while. It's going to be on the youth. We, we need you to get behind us. Would have been easier to stomach. I think... Um, like Pochettino's doing. Yeah, like, like Pochettino's doing. The, the problem is that Wenger used to be able to get the most out of the young players. Remember when we lost uh, Thierry Henry and then you'd have like Adebayor coming through and Sesk and all of these these brilliant young players and they really stepped up to the plate. Like Wenger could still develop a player, but I think the... To develop great players now, it's more than just technical ability. You have to be um, tactically intelligent and uh, you have to have the ability to change systems during a game and actually really understand your position. And I just don't think Wenger has that in him. And I think more more to the point, you have to be able to press and defend like a unit. And we, I thought we did a great job against City at, um, at the weekend for about 16 minutes when we were boxing them into the corners, like cutting off their angles. It looked great. Then we go a goal down. And it's gone. You just don't get that sort of behaviour on the Pochettino team. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was the most depressing thing about the City game was the absence of... You, Arsenal, Arsenal Football Club don't have a playing philosophy. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I was looking at it and I was going, you know, Guardiola's philosophy is so clear. Um, and Pochettino is the same. They've got these two very sort of distinct front foot philosophies. 
And then you've got like the likes of, and 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 I'd love to hear your point of view. But then you've got the sort of more Manchester United and Chelsea ways of playing, which for me aren't really philosophies or ways of playing. They're much more of a sort of reactive. Um, but I'm, uh, but you know, they can be, especially Chelsea, can be really effective. Uh, but I just miss Arsenal having a philosophy, having a way of playing and expressing ourselves that you knew what you were always trying to be on the front foot. I mean, that's what Spurs and City do. They're always on the front foot. Um, yeah. Whoever they're playing, whether it's Real Madrid away. And, and of course, they're going to have to defend a lot, but they're always on the front foot. And what what are we? We're, we're, quite, we're still quite high possession, but, but, but not even that anymore. And, and we just don't... There's no... No purpose. innovation. There's no innovation in what we're doing. We haven't, um, we haven't changed the game for years. And we can still exist playing a bad system because we have like very good players, um, arguably as good as the Spurs players. I don't know if Spurs fans think that that's hilarious, but I genuinely think that Pochettino is getting uh, 10 points more out of that side than any other manager would. Um, and that's, that's why I can't understand um, Gazidis coming out and saying that they searched all around Europe and this is the best that they could find. Like, how, how long are they going to put up with it? We know that Stan Kroenke fired uh, the Rams coach last season and installed the the youngest coach uh, in NFL history. And they're doing really well this season. Well, like well compared to what his normal teams are. Like maybe that success that he's gaining uh, in LA, maybe maybe that might spark some thoughts that he could have a bit of that Arsenal. What do you think, Alfred? Yeah, absolutely. But just back to, to Matt's point about what does Arsenal today have that, that no other else team has like if you ask yourself the question what, what can we still say that we're different on the the only thing that i can think of is that we are ridiculously loyal to our players uh which is some sort of virtue uh we don't throw them under buses like if you look at chelsea and conte who put Luis up in the stands because of a performance he, he didn't even make the squad and how ruthless he was against Costa because he he, he was like you don't you don't fit it's great, in, yeah. in, into my strategy here. How Mourinho sees it as a massive part of being a manager is having that power over players about just benching Mkhitaryan for like you know twenty games until he 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 did what he said right and took that risk and didn't really care. Um, Guardiola is the same, you know, like we, we forget about half the players that he brought to that club that aren't playing there anymore. And if you, you know, if you do your job and if you perform like Fabian Delph on, on left wing back, you know, you get to play, but Arsenal, that's the only thing we, we can say is that like, you know, that we still have those 10 players from 2015 playing that that's something that's extremely telling. And, he will never give up on Chaka, and he still feels like you know we lost out on Fabregas because of Casola when Casola was over, and we we are still loyal to Casola. It feels like we're not signing players because we could hurt Casola's feelings, and we'll never we'll never hire you know like it's it, the, the, that's the thing we got, which is this extreme loyalty to to players which just feels like a bunch of old boys suddenly, even though they're quite young. Yeah, and I think we're not, only, we're not only loyal to these players. Wenger gives them bigger contracts than they get elsewhere. So it's almost like locking them in so you can never move them on. What the fuck is Theo Walcott still at Arsenal? For he, was, uh, he was so bad. 
He's been so bad this season. He's like he he's he's going the the route of Wayne Bridge, isn't he? And uh, Asu Okoto, he's just gonna he's just gonna give up on football. He's gonna retire at twenty nine. Just be done with it. He doesn't look like he enjoys it. It's an interesting though that I I feel that like the fan base has actually given up. I don't feel like there's a lot of of Wenger out or there's a lot of calls for for any change anymore, especially after this game. I just felt like, you know, the WhatsApp group was kind of silent. No one talked about it. it. People are literally depressed now. And this feels like everyone is so aware and has resigned to the fact that we are now a mediocre team that is just slightly ahead of Burnley. And we don't really have the expectations. Is that is that something like... Is that is that something good? Is that going to push us forward? What can we, you know, like? I feel like the energy on on this pod today might be the might be the lowest we've had since we started. Be, I think, you know, sorry, I think man. you're right, and I think there is a general sense of inertia. But one thing I can promise you is there won't be a sense of inertia in two weeks' time when we play Tottenham Hotspur, because uh, whatever happens, that's just. In the lead up to that game, we will all be excited again and we will all, there'll be a 100% focus on that. I think the problem with Manchester City is there's so, we don't really have any historical competitiveness against them, but they're so much better than us. Uh, and that combination just meant now we're just left sort of just feeling slightly lethargic. And Harry Kane has pulled out of the, the England friendly next and week Winks. and Winks. Winks is. Yeah, I think uh, he loves playing against this old Harry, doesn't he? Um, Does he? Yeah, he's scored quite. He's, he's always scores against us. No, I don't think he's ever scored against us, Harry Winks. No, not Harry Winks. Harry Kane. Oh, Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> not fucking Harry Winks. Um, yeah, I, I think the. Uh, it's, What's with all these stupid fucking Harrys as well? I know, I know. It's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> with um, with Pochettino, he's basically taken our project youth. And, and showed us how to do it better. And he's taken our Project British core and wrapped it into one. He's basically taken Arsene's last two projects and done them better. And I, 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 I hasn't really done them better though because he's won fuck all and he's four points above Arsene Wenger. I well, but on a on a wage bill that's uh, what you sound like Arsene Wenger. Yeah, but so he's, he's done it on a wage bill eighty million less than us. He's done it whilst moving uh, into a, a new stadium. Uh, and he's he's done it on a on a positive transfer front. I know that we all used to take the piss out of Arsene for doing it, so maybe that is uh, hypocritical. He he does have to win something, but he's still a fantastic coach uh, and a great leader. And um, I know that Arsenal fans all look over to that side of London, and sadly, we're the jealous ones now. Wouldn't it be great if he went to Real Madrid? Oh, that would be that would be incredible. And took Harry Kane and that other fucking Harry. Oh, another Ari. No, I think I, I think you're right. Um, I'm actually getting quite excited about that game. Uh, it feels like the memes will be incredible again on Twitter, and the press will 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 wind people up. I mean, both Winks and and Kane is going to be rested for like the next two weeks. They're going to be so overcharged and nervous from that uh, from that rest that um, they're going to choke. I, I bet you they're going to choke. Dele Alley is going to like push Jack Wilshere over or something, get a red card. Serge Aurier is going to have another red card. It's going to be 11 against 9. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be messy, but, but beautiful. 
you, you, you think that... Um, We've got a couple of clairvoyants th- in the house. You, you think Jack Wilshire is going to start? <laughs> oh, yes. He has to. Come on. You are dreaming. Oh, you are dreaming. You are dreaming. Mind you, like, what, what's Finger going to do with Sanchez after that performance? Fucking gave it away 15 times in a game. He did more for City's attack than he's done for Arsenal all season. Uh, but... He'll start him against Spurs, won't he? There's no chance that Sanchez is going to be on the bench. And I think he should start him because I think Sanchez... Oh, no, I think he should. Hang because... that man up. Treasonous little brat. Get him out. Just if, if he's going in January, just stick him on the bench. Like, feed him up. Get him fat so he's useless for Pep. Is that too far? No, I think you're right. Ugh, disgusting. Um, no, I think we should play him against Spurs. We haven't got anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's a painful thing. But when is Welbeck back? Oh, I, yeah. I, re- I really there. miss Danny. Oh, yeah. He can he can bring back some joy to the team. He'll we, bring back some well, hard work and is, not many goals. How, how di- disappointing is it? When you, when you're like, oh, oh, looking forward to Danny Welbeck coming back. Danny Welbeck is not a good player. Like he's got a lovely, he's, a good he's got he's got a, he's got a lovely smile. Uh, he, he's he's never fit. His first touch is like he's like third or fourth. Um, Iwobi, uh, Aaron Ramsey. We get excited about expected goals from Ramsey uh, because he's expected to score about twenty-seven goals a season, but he misses them all. Like when, when, when uh, before the XG rating came out, like if Adebayor was missing from six yards left, right, and centre, we just called him a donkey. But with Aaron Ramsey, who's going to be twenty-seven in December, we're expecting some sort of Frank Lampard uh, like transformation and he's become like premier league player of the year we just have a whole host of super bland just about good enough players in this side how did we ever think that we were going to compete this year this is something i was thinking about the other day after the city game which of our players which they can be in our team in the last four years or five years have got better so you take someone like lauren kashelny who's a decent player, but has he got in the last three or four or five years? Has he actually got better? No, no. Monreal has he got better? Uh, oh, I don't know. He was a good player before he came, right? Yeah, check. He's no, really, he's, he's got worse. He's definitely got worse. And even Sanchez, uh, if he got kicked out of Barcelona because he was too greedy on the ball. He certainly didn't shake that out of his system when he came to Arsenal. He's still the same greedy bastard player. He's got worse. Wilshire's got worse. Jack has got worse. No, I, I think Ursel though, he now tracks back at least twice a season. When he joined, I, I didn't see him do it so once. Everyone is getting worse. Ah, well, on that absolutely chipper note, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think we should say goodbye. I think we've got, like, we are... Even our podcast are getting just worse. Put, yeah, put the three of us in a plastic bag and throw us over the bridge because I'll tell you what, guys, that was a miserable performance today. Uh, but we needed to get out of the system. I think that this kind of encapsulates how most Arsenal fans are feeling. I'm not even angry anymore. I'm just, I'm fucking abject. I'm bored. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel like the blandness of Arsenal is, like, leaking all over my fucking white shirt. Maybe it is, that's so, so just a... It's just a stain. Um, but anyway, I think we should just kill this now. Uh, let's go. Let's go away. Think about the performance. We've been we've been subbed off after thirty five minutes. Uh, Jose Mourinho classic, and we should come back in a couple of weeks' time, refreshed revved and revved up, ready to take on the world. Uh, so on that note, thank you, Alfred. Thank you, Pete. Can I just say, like the the, the feeling that I that I'm feeling at the moment is like having lost two hundred quid. At, 
quid on the street and then feeling like, I didn't really want to buy anything anyway. You know, it's that fucking, like, rock bottom. Just walk home and be like, I'm, ah, ah. Like that, I, I walked home from a pub uh, in Tribeca once. And I was having a terrible night. It started raining, uh, and then I, 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 I stepped across a bin bag, and a rat ran out, and it hit me in the foot and flipped over like a car crashing over the the middle bit of a motorway. That's how I feel right now. I've just I, been hit by a rat. I feel like uh, first tube home. On a, oh, that's on, horrible. Oh, on, a, oh, on, a, oh, on a Sunday, yeah, Fam, beautiful family sit in front of you. Yeah, with a uh, with a with a bottle of Lucasade, a Yorkie, and a copy of the News of the World, and a plastic carrier bag, having to face having to face the music. Oh right, I, it's making me feel gross. Uh, so on that note, I will say bye to Matt as well. Thanks, Pete. Bye to Pete. Bye, Pete. Bye, everyone. Ciao for now. Streaming only on Peacock. Can't wait to start junior year. Saved by the Bell is back. This is gonna be awesome! And taking school spirit. Our rivals just destroyed our mascot. We're gonna crush Valley. To the max. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. That's why we have all these reboots of teen shows from the 90s. Get a new idea, Hollywood. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.